0: Hi, this is Life Coach David. Welcome to the Law of Attraction podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm a certified and very experienced Law of Attraction Life Coach and you can find out more about me or reach me through lifecoachdavid.com and a lot of times people want to know how can I help them and that would actually be a very long answer but basically I give people the tools on how to attract what they want. I coach people on how to be really happy and stay that way. Sometimes someone's going through a hard time and I help them get through it in the best way possible. And ultimately, I coach them on how to become the best version of themselves. So I've been reading from Excuse Me, Your Life Is Waiting and I hope you've been listening to previous episodes so you can get in on this information because it's very helpful. And right now I am recording this in the morning so I thought I would share my morning routine. So every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do is I say my morning affirmations, which are wonderful, positive statements about how I want my day to go, how I want to feel. And by doing that, I'm immediately putting myself at a raised vibration and focusing on what I want. And then if I have something special going on that day, I always set an intention for it to go really well. So as soon as I get up, I'm pre-paving my day to be a wonderful day. And I recommend you do that as well. And now I'm going to continue reading from Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And this new chapter is called Your Suit of Well-Being. Washington is a state with a lot of trees, to put it mildly. There have to be more evergreens in that state than insects. While I am more a lover of deciduous trees and their seasonal change of clothes than I am evergreens, I had come to feel a strong attachment to the magnificent beings which graced my five acres. When folks came over who had never been to my place, without fail, their first comments were always about how wonderful the place felt and how exceptional the trees were. I had giants on my property that were unlike anything for miles around with fascinating clumps of mixed species growing out of the same trunk. Even the few deciduous trees that blessed the place were awesome in their height and design. But my special, special friends were a bunch of little guys just outside my fence, next to the road. All the long Washington roadways are endless clusters of new little fellows doing their dandest to catch on and grow, and I had a fabulous long row of them. They grew fast, and by the time I had been there for three years or so, they were up far enough to create a sizable screen against traffic noise. I loved them. I don't know why, really. Maybe it was their spunk, their steadfast determination to grow almost sideways out of the raised earth or to survive in the poorest of soil conditions. I don't know why, but I surely did adore them. While I may have been following somewhat of a spiritual path in those early years in Washington, I was a long way from having my valve open. I blame the weather for most of my moodiness. I was concerned about the remote location of my property. I missed my friends in California. And though I was enjoying writing my first book, I was constantly focused on my lack of money, tipping the scales considerably more to negative vibrations than positive and creating an open invitation to some form of disaster. Then one day, one memorable summer's day, I shall never forget. I heard the sounds of heavy equipment outside. I looked out my window to see a huge city weed cutter hacking down my street trees. I came unglued and dashed, screaming to the street, but it was too late. The last of the beautiful trees I had watched grow from babies to six feet or more had just fallen. I don't ever remember howling in such anguish. They had just taken my beloved family, and I was devastated. Over the next couple of summers, more yearlings caught on and grew. Try as I would not to become attached to them, I did. I was so proud of their guts and just as amazed by their stubbornness. They weren't tall enough for the city to worry about, so I felt we were safe for a few years. When the trees grew to be five and six footers, I knew we were getting close to chop-down time again. But now I was into the law of attraction and keeping an open valve to the best of my ability. There was very little fear in my world, no apprehension over safety, and a newfound love and appreciation for the wet and gooey cold Washington weather. My vibrational scales had tipped well into the positive, I was happy. My valve was more open than closed, and I knew, I just knew that my hearty young friends would be safe for as long as I lived there. Sure enough, one summer's day I heard the heavy equipment truck again and went outside. There was no panic in me, I just went outside. The cutters had just finished slashing down a long row of my neighbors' roadside trees. Then they swerved out around mine to pass them by, and started swacking at the property next door. I flagged down the driver and asked why he had skipped over my trees. And he said, oh, I don't know, lady. They just seem so pretty there. I thought you might want to keep them. You want me to take them down? And that's the end of that little section. And even though she's talking about trees, the principal is there. She had an open valve. She was in a positive place. And they left her trees alone and that's great. And the next section is called, So Safe, So Secure, So Happy. Our expanded cell vibrates in a frequency we would call, if we could feel it, pure unadulterated ecstasy. That must be nice. It would stand to reason, then, that the greater part of our being is operating in a frequency or rate of vibration, a tad unknown to us at this time, what we would call really happy. Since happiness and well-being are synonymous, that means there's a part step into a suit of absolutely impregnable well-being in which nothing bad can ever happen to you. It's simply a vibrational impossibility for bad to happen to you in that high frequency. But aside from the big awful things we ward off by living in our high energies, there are all the neat little things that start to happen like the bypassing of my precious trees. For instance, if you have moles underground, they'll only come up where no one can see them, or not at all, but never in your front yard. Squirrels will go after someone else's bird food, not yours. Your house may have termites, but they'll soon move on. Trees may fall on your neighbor's home from an overabundance of rain, but yours will stand firm. Loose dogs may poop in your neighbor's yard, but not yours. Your friends may be caught in the snowstorm, but you'll get home safely. Your area may be targeted for mail theft, but your box won't be touched. If you're low on gas a million miles from nowhere, someone will come to the rescue. If the flu bug is walloping everybody, it won't touch you, and you'll always miss the plane that crashes. All this, and ever so much more, from being wrapped in your own feel-good energy, the frequency that guarantees our well-being. And that's the end of that section. And that is so true. I know from my own experience, when I'm at a really high vibration, wonderful things just keep happening, and unexpected things keep happening. I remember one time there was a big snowstorm here, and I went out into my driveway, And the snow was so deep. And at the bottom of the driveway, the snow plows made this huge wall of snow. And I just stood there and I thought, I need some help shoveling the snow. It's just too deep. I need some help. And within a few minutes, a truck came by that had one of those plows on the front. And the guy rolled his window down. And he said, can I plow your driveway for you? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. And he did it. And then he just drove away. He didn't even charge me. And I thought, wow, that was a really fast manifestation, and I was so thankful. And the next section is called Bad Stuff. Every time I speak to a group about flowing energy, questions about world affairs and all the awful stuff that's going on or has gone on always seem to surface. How come so many starving people? What about Hitler? What about the Indians? Etc., etc. I don't want to spend a lot of time dwelling on these things because, in a sense, we've already talked about them, but let's take a quick look at some of the most common questions to see if we can reach a once-and-for-all understanding that from the beginning of time, every experience in every life has been attracted through individual or group energy flow. And hey, I'm no cold-blooded sadist suggesting in these next few paragraphs that it's possible to watch someone beating up on somebody and feel swell about it, any more than I'm saying a detached tut tut too bad to the atrocities happening around the world today. All I'm saying here is this is how it comes about. Because whatever is happening always comes back to the same bottom line. When we feel good or happy or pleased or enthusiastic or loving, as an individual or as a group, we're inviting good experiences. When we feel bad or bitter or guilty or resentful or distressed as an individual or a group, we're inviting bad experiences. That's the way of it everywhere with all of us. And then the next little section is called rape. Oh dear. One person is thinking fearfully about what they don't want. Somewhere else, Another person is vibrating on the same negative frequency but with hostility rather than fear. The second person thinks about what he believes will appease his rage and fill his emptiness. One person is vibrating fear, the other is vibrating inner fury. By their own matching frequencies, they become co-creators to an ugly event. If you don't give your attention to the things you do not want they cannot become a part of your experience because they will not be included in your vibration. You can only attract the rapist, murderer, or robber by thinking emotionally about being the victim or, or by vibrating with other negative emotions that just happen to match the attacker's frequency. Your every emotion creates the experiences of your life. Then she goes on to talk about prejudice. Needless to say, there are all kinds of prejudice, race, religion, color, sex, body weight, education, etc. Yet the one who is feeling prejudiced against is the most powerful in this co-creation, flowing out strong negative vibrations of persecution, of being disliked, wronged, or victimized. Please note, I am not arguing the rightness or wrongness of any group's grievances. This is simply to say that, it is the persistent attention to injustices which attract more of the same. Creation comes from feelings. Then she goes on to talk about young kids. What about young kids being raped or being born on whole or starving somewhere or being killed in regional wars? Sad to say, they have usually picked up the negative vibrations from their folks well before being born. Those vibrations stay with them and grow in direct relation to the vibrations of the adults who are raising them until the youngsters are old enough to decide they no longer want unpleasant experiences in their lives. These children have become victims by default. How do you help a little one starving halfway around the world, or a little one at home who understands no words as yet? Hold them, either physically or in your thoughts, with soothing vibrations such as Everything is really alright. It's going to pass. You are so loved. Taking care not to assign blame to anyone or any group which only contributes more energy to their abuser or situation as well as the abused. The biggest problem comes to those who make it to adulthood and continue to vibrationally relieve their snarly angers of growing up. For example, the abuse of their parents, their environment, etc. Only by overriding those old pattern responses of hate and mistrust can a person have any hope of not repeating in adult years what was lived as a child. We get what we focus on. Focus on an ugly past, and that past is magnetized into the present and future. Then she goes on to talk about teens. So first she starts with the kids, and now she's going into teens. Suicides, car accidents, pregnancies, drugs, guns. When teenagers are raised in negative energy, which rarely shows on the surface, and are taught only guardedness from birth, they operate primarily in a state of fearful vulnerability, feeling out of control, They live by negative wantings as they search for ways to reconnect with the positive energy of life. Drugs, sex, and other taboos are what they choose to fill the void they feel, born of a life lived with little or no connection to their source energy. The apparently blameless auto-deaths which seem so prevalent today may or may not come from that disconnected vulnerability, but their cause is never accidental. The bubbly young homecoming queen, the popular star quarterback, the kids just along for the ride in the back seat, a life of hidden fears, pressures, and anxieties of some kind finally manifest to attract these co creations of immeasurable grief. And then she goes on to talk about the economy. And again, this book was written many years ago, but let's see what she says. In bad times, people talk about it everywhere you go. And it's all bad, bad, bad. Yet even in good times, we seem compelled to attack something. Prices are too high. Corporations too greedy. Jobs too specialized. The president's not playing with the full deck. The government is out to lunch and corrupt to the core. Pointing to anything, anything with that negative vibration of blame or ain't it awful, blah, 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 flows that very same energy to the subject of attention, making it bigger, stronger, and more dangerous than it was before you started bad-mouthing it. If you're waiting for the economy, the government, or anything else to change before you can be happy, you might have a long wait. But neither do you have to join in the griping which not only adds to the already sizable problem, but shuts your valve down tight. When you get involved in this kind of gloomy, negative party talk, either take your conversation and focus off of what is and change the subject, or walk away. Then when you're by yourself and you want to really make a difference, flow some feel-good energy to the government the way you would like it to be, to the presidency the way you would like it to run, to the industrial giants the way you would like them to function. We cannot separate ourselves from consciousness flow. We cannot say, well, it wasn't my fault this happened. Oh, yes, it was. It was and is the fault of each and every one of us. We are a part of that consciousness flow, and our energy affects the whole as strongly as adding drops of red ink to a small glass of water. The change is clearly evident. We are not separate from the whole. Everything we think and feel has monumental impact on the overall vibration of mass consciousness. So see and then feel things to be the way you'd like them to be. It would take only a few of us doing this on a regular basis to initiate desire changes. A noble goal, perhaps, but it beats making things any worse than they are by ain't it awfully in the situations you want to change. And then she goes on to talk about, Global conflicts and gang wars. Wow, she's really going for it here. (laughs) So here we go. Global conflicts and gang wars. Whenever you see a group of any kind expressing hate or outrage, you're seeing a group very cut off from their flow of well-being and completely out of harmony with their expanded selves. Living in bitterness and anger is living with one whale of a lot of negative emotion and a valve that's closed tight. When valves are open, no gang law, no government ultimatums can ever be strong enough to set anyone against his brother, even within the context of the age-old bitterness in the Near East. And then the next little section is called Moral Issues. But it's interesting that whatever she's talking about always goes back to the root of vibration, how we're vibrating. Is it at a low vibration or high vibration? And I have a feeling that's what all these little sections are going to go back to. So let's find out. The next section is called Moral Issues. Abortion, the butchery of dolphins, the rainforests, the ozone layers, animal rights, evangelistic thievery, mercy killings, endangered species, etc., etc. If you are giving your attention to it, Seeing only the horror, feeling the transgressions, experiencing the alarm, and joining everyone else in the ain't-it-awful syndrome, you are adding to it, making it bigger. If you want to change something, you've got to change the way you're thinking about it. That's all there is to it. The reason all these things are getting so out of hand is that the media focuses on them with a gargantuan hunger, and therefore, so do we. Oh dear. Oh my God, no. I don't believe it. How terrible. What will we do? How could they? Frightful. Appalling. And the more we get all riled up about it, the bigger it gets. Being against something isn't going to make it better. In fact, it's going to make it worse because now you're including it in your vibration. Flowing more ain't it awful out there to join with other thought forms vibrating at the same frequency. If you still think that in order to be for something, you have to be against something else, change your thinking. Instead, see and feel whatever it is you're crusading for the way you want it to be. Talk about it in that way. Write about it, role play it. Take your destructive focus with its powerfully destructive energy off what you perceive as a negative condition and find ways to open your valve when you think about it. In other words, quit with the don't wants and focus on your wants. The moment you do that, the moment you refuse to wallow with the rest of the world in their endless discontent, You will become one who will make a momentous difference by flowing the magnitude of your higher vibrations. See, again, it goes back to vibration. And the next section, wow, she's really going on with this, is mass killings. All right, let's get down to it. Genocides, bloodbaths, holocausts, massacres. Call them what you will. Humans have been clobbering humans since the beginning of time. Will it ever stop? No, not until we let go of our intrinsic feelings of persecution that we hang on to as if they were some noble family tradition. If we truly want to stop these heinous events, we would be wise to remove our focus from the sordid happenings of the past and turn our attention to matters which open us to well-being rather than hate. It is that very energy, that loathing and bitter anger over bygone injustices which helps to perpetuate the grim mass slaughters going on this day all over the planet. We get what we focus on. The law of attraction does not pick and choose. What applies to an individual applies to a group, no matter the culture, the religion, the race, or the sect. Negative focus attracts negative events to ourselves and to the planet. Like attracts like. And we attract as we vibrate, not as we decide. And that's the end of that section. And of course, she's saying it does go back to how we're vibrating, to what we're focusing on. So I think the end result of that whole section was we have to choose to focus on what we want, to keep ourselves at a high vibration. And that affects not only us, but everything that happens. So that was a lot to digest, a lot to think about But that is what she's saying in the end. So consider that for yourself and how you're thinking about things. And if you need to improve how you're thinking about something, then tell yourself a better story about it. Because it affects your vibration and the planet's vibration. And I think it was very brave of her to get into those areas. Because, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about all that, they don't want to take any responsibility (laughs) for any of those things happening. But it's just interesting to think about. And to think about, you know, how are we contributing to the negative things happening within our own lives and with the world. So take from it what you will, but hopefully you got something important out of that. And, and keeping yourself at a high vibration is always a choice. What you're focusing on is always a choice. And I think that's the most important thing to remember and put into action within yourself. So thanks for listening today. It was a little bit of a harder thing to listen to. And hopefully the next section will be more (laughs) positive and vibration raising. But in any event, if you want to find out more about me and Law of Attraction coaching, just go to lifecoachdavid.com. And I do always offer a free mini phone coaching session to anyone who's considering coaching. Thanks again for listening and have a high vibration day.